welcome to the OC podcast, a series run and presented by the team at outdoorceremonies.co.uk. I'm Sophie Easton and I'm the founder of Outdoor Ceremonies Limited. We are passionate about all things ceremony, celebrating life, love and nature. So this podcast is for anyone planning an outdoor ceremony and for those who work in the wonderful world of outdoor events. We hope you'll find something to inspire your own ceremony or business. And if you're planning an event, be sure to visit outdoorceremonies.co.uk to browse a whole range of venues, celebrants and suppliers. Hello and welcome to the OC podcast. Today, we are super excited to begin our new mini series, The Ultimate Guide to Blank Canvas Weddings, which have become hugely popular with couples who want to have an outdoor wedding and have the chance to really personalise their day. So in this mini series, we'll be covering a range of topics for couples planning a blank canvas wedding designed to help you plan, budget and personalise every aspect of your day. And joining me for this is our expert in the field, pardon the pun, Carrie-Anne Levitt. Carrie-Anne is founder of Bespoke Events Management and runs weddings and events at their beautiful outdoor managed venue in Surrey called Bespoke at Littleton Manor Farm. So Carrie-Anne, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. It's great to have you here. So in today's episode, episode one, we're looking at some of the questions that couples should be asking the venues they visit. But before we get into that, Carrie-Anne, let's start with the basics for anyone who's not quite sure. When we talk about a blank canvas wedding, what exactly do we mean and what kind of couples would this type of wedding suit? So a blank canvas wedding typically means effectively you're starting with a blank sheet of paper. You are designing your wedding from the ground up. So that's in terms of the functional space and what that looks like. So that's different types of marquees or teepees, the kind of toilets you bring in and everything to do with food, drink, entertainment. You have complete control and flexibility or over all of the aspects that make up the day. Amazing. And they're becoming really, really popular now, aren't they? As people realise that they really can have that level of choice and personalisation in their wedding day. Absolutely. So as this is episode one, we're going to start from the ground up and look at some of the questions that couples need to ask the venues that they visit. So if couples were to make a list of questions, uh, which is always a good idea, I think, when you're doing a venue visit, If they were to make a list of questions to take with them when they go to venues, what should be on that list, would you say? So I would say um, probably one of the main things they need to ask is about the duration of the land hire period. So, for example, at our managed venue, we work on a minimum of three days, which a lot of couples who sometimes make inquiries go, oh, but I only need it for one day. Mm. You need to take into consideration there's going to be a marquee build day. And depending on the type of marquee you have, that might even go into two days. So you you typically have your build day, your event day, and then your de-rig day. So definitely ask that question. Um, I would also ask about um, the exclusivity of the piece of land that you're hiring. You don't want to spend all this time and money planning your perfect bespoke wedding day to find out there's, you know, a, a, f- a festival going on in the field next door. So definitely ask about 
other events going on in the vicinity within that day. I would also ask about parking. Um, I suppose nowadays most people don't tend to drive or perhaps they car share when going to a wedding, but you need to make sure you've got parking, not only for the guests that want to drive, but also for your suppliers. So people like your photographer, your caterers, um, DJ, those kind of people. So ask about that. Um, power, does the venue come with any power? Not a problem if it doesn't. We, a lot of our venues are literally fields, but you can bring in a generator. It's super easy to sort. Um, another on the same, you know, the same thread, water. Is there fresh drinking water available on site? Again, not insurmountable. If there isn't, you can bring in a water bowser, but definitely if there is on site, it's going to make it a lot, a lot easier for your caterers and the people running the bar. Um, also, I'd ask about staffing. Um, typically, venues don't really, well, blank canvas venues wouldn't supply staffing, but you don't want to be running your own bar on your wedding day. No. That's me. No one wants to be clearing up the mess. And in that same kind of thinking as well, rubbish. Who is going to be taking rubbish with them at the end of the night? Um most most of the time it's caterers they'll take away the food waste but things like recycling we work with a number of suppliers that are more than happy to put bottles of beer or bottles of wine back into the boxes store it in a family member's car or van and then you just take it to the recycling on the monday amazing so some really practical tips there and i hope that, that that's given people a long list of questions that they can now take <laughs> to their venues with them and i've noticed a lot of what you mentioned there are the more kind of practical aspects of the day which are of course very very necessary but i think it's those aspects that often get overlooked in favor of the more kind of fun and pretty aspects of wedding planning do you find that this can be daunting for couples? And would you say that a blank canvas wedding is harder to plan than, say, a wedding at a hotel? So this is something that we hear all the time. I think a lot of couples, there is such growing appetite now for couples that want to have their day their way. But I think a lot of them get incredibly overwhelmed. And it is overwhelming. There is so much to consider. But because we do this day in, day out, all the time, it's second nature to us and we yeah. have checklists and timelines we're actually very excitingly just about to launch a new project planning piece of software where our couples will be able to log into their dashboard and actually see the checklists of what they need to do or what we're helping them with but absolutely this don't be overwhelmed by all of these practical things we actually take care of pretty much most of that for our couples the one thing i would say Obviously, there are kind of two different types of blank canvas venue. If you're going for one that isn't managed, then this is something that you will need to consider. Yeah, absolutely. So that's I suppose that's one of the, the, the top questions, isn't it? As you were saying before, that you need to ask the venues that you visit is how kind of hands on are they going to be with the planning process? Absolutely. Um, because there are some venue owners, venue managers who literally just do hire you out the space and then it's completely up to you to do all the planning and coordination. So that's a really key thing to bear in mind. Exactly. So, I mean, aside from the actual questions that should be asked, I guess the most important thing when couples are choosing a venue is that feeling that they get from the venue. And sometimes you just know, like when you're, when you're viewing houses, for example, you just know that it's the right one for you. But of course, if you visit a field venue, for example, on, say, a dreary day like today with no event spaces set up, 
it can be very hard to visualise what that space would look like on your actual wedding day. So what advice would you give to couples in those situations? Well, funnily enough, um, that was one of our biggest challenges when we first started the business was, you know, showing really, you know, really excited couples, you know, of a weekend, a field on a Wednesday, you know, on a Saturday morning in January where it was cold and muddy and me, you know, desperately trying to say, but just imagine with the marquee there and this, that and the other. So off the back of that, we actually decided to completely change how we show our couples round. So we now throughout the year, we hold an open day, which just shows you know, we have invite all of our amazing suppliers. We have a, you know, marquee set up there. We run a bar, we have food and you can meet with people, you know, DJs, other, you know, guitarists, other entertainers. You can meet with celebrants. You can see bell tents and what they look like actually up in situ to give you a really good feeling of what it could look like on your wedding day. Um but it it is it can be very very hard it's very funny that you described it a bit like going to have a look at a house mm. where the estate agent saying but it's got lots of potential and all you can see is an avocado green bathroom and carpet on the floor yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and like you say it can be so hard to visualize and i suppose some venues won't have that option for you to go to um, an open day, for example, or perhaps they have an open day and you, you, you're you not able to make the open day. So all you really get to see is the blank canvas. So you might just get to see it as a field, for example. Um, and as beautiful and pretty as it is and nice views and all the rest of it, you, you don't necessarily know the full potential of the venue. So I think um, if that was the case, I would be, you know, strongly asking the, the you know, the person who's managing the venue to share photographs yeah. um, from previous events that they've had there, videos. Um, and actually, as a, as a venue, we are very proactive on asking our couples to share their photos and videos post event so that we then have like a nice little catalogue, I suppose, because every wedding and event is so incredibly different mm. to be able to share and show couples and say they had this kind of wedding, they had this kind of wedding. But again, we don't try to emulate anyone else's wedding when it comes to each of our couples. We start at the very core of what makes them, um, I guess, you know, what makes them tick and create something that's really authentic to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, that's one of the the perks of a blank canvas wedding, isn't it? It's that you can really personalise it and make every little detail um, personal to you as a couple and the kind of feel and vibe that you want to go for for the day. But definitely that that kind of inspiration is necessary so you can see what the potential of the venue is. 100%. Yeah, so photos and videos and open days are, are definitely worth looking into. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, photos, yeah. open days, or even just speaking to perhaps the suppliers. Um, mm. There are lots of, you know, personal recommendation obviously goes really goes far and checking things out on Pinterest and things like that. Yeah. And I guess keeping an open mind as well, because you might see lots of pictures of the way that other people have set up the venue for their day. Um, but, you know, let's say that everybody always has the ceremony underneath a particular tree, for example, and you kind of might assume, well, that's just where I'd have to have my ceremony. But you don't have to do anything, do you, with the blank canvas wedding? Um, unless, of course, there are some kind of rules that, you know, you have to adhere to based on the venue's requirements. But, you know, you can be much more flexible in terms of where you have your ceremony, where you set up your marquee. 
I think I think you yeah you've hit the nail on the head and I think we're coming into a new era of wedding planning now historically it's always been you know you'd go to a venue and the venue would say this is what we have to offer whereas now almost kind of like the opening gambit is well what would you like um it flips us on its head and I still find it quite funny when I speak to couples who are considering an outdoor wedding and they very much model it on um, perhaps what they've seen before or a friend's wedding or other parties they've been to and they start talking about oh well I guess you know well we'll have we want to have food outside so I guess we'll do a hog roast which still makes me laugh because I'm like oh my goodness the opportunities now for the kind of food that you can eat outside in terms of like independent you know food vendors food trucks street food is just incredible you can mm-hmm. have bao buns you could have noodles you could have sushi you could have pizza you could have hot dogs you can have burgers you can have greek food like it's whatever you can think of and it's making me hungry so now exciting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> absolutely yeah so the possibilities really are endless aren't they absolutely um and one thing i just wanted to touch on as well in terms of you know obviously we're focusing on the questions that couples need to be asking when they do their venue visits One thing we just should touch on really is things like licensing, um, particularly when it comes to ceremonies. So let's say a couple wants to get married at a blank canvas venue. Um, The the laws in terms of licensing have opened up a little bit recently um, so that there are more kind of outdoor options for people who want to have their legal marriage ceremony outside. But we should note that that only applies to venues that have already got that license for their indoor area as well. And then they can then have the ceremony in the garden of a hotel, for example. Mm -hmm. Now, often with a blank canvas venue, so like a field or or a farm or um, something like a woodland, something like that, they wouldn't have that license because it is in that completely outdoor space. Um, So, you know, what would you suggest? Um, Obviously, that's a a question that couples should be asking as well. Do you have that marriage license? Absolutely. Um, What would you suggest if the answer is no? Like, how can they actually have their wedding ceremony at this venue if they don't have a wedding license? So a lot of couples. um, And again, I think this the the kind of the mindset is shifting here. Whereas, you know, once upon a time, guests that you were inviting to your wedding day would come for the official ceremony where, you know, the legal part of signing a document and it being kind of like made official and then having the party, it's kind of turning on its head. Um, A lot Mm. of our couples will do, or, you know, perhaps they'll, they'll almost split their wedding into two parts. And what they may decide to do is go to a registry office I don't know, on a Friday lunchtime, and it's a very small, intimate affair, perhaps with closest friends, parents, grandparents, um, and then followed by, you know, a nice kind of lunch or something in the in the afternoon or even dinner in the evening. Mm-hmm. And then for their, you know, the actual wedding day where they're inviting the majority of their friends, they may wish to replicate a ceremony, but again, it can be very different in feel what we're seeing more and more now is actually it doesn't even need to be a celebrant who is you know somebody that will spend a few weeks maybe even months ahead of the wedding day getting to know the couple and really crafting a beautiful script that will be kind of presented in front of the guests but what we're seeing now is actually family members so we had a wedding you know when was it June where it was the sister of the bride and the brother of the groom and it was so so personal and so 
funny because it was almost like a comedy duo of you know telling tales of when they were growing up what it was like to be the sibling of that person how the couple first met and again it just because it's so much more personal it feels almost so much more meaningful um and at the same time there was a lovely wedding last July where the mother of the bride actually led the ceremony um, and again, incredibly touching, very intimate, very personal, talking about, you know, when she, you know, from being a little a baby girl and growing up and what she was like and who she who she thought she would marry, the first time she you know, met her now husband and everyone, oh, there was laughter, there was tears. Uh, she was actually so good at it. We all thought she should actually become a celebrant. So yes. You never know. Future career path for her, her. maybe. <laughs> Oh, that sounds really lovely. Yeah, I think you're right. A lot of people are going down that route now to make it even more personal to have a friend or a family member conduct a ceremony for them. And obviously there's, you know, hundreds of celebrants to choose from all across the country as well. And they really do work very hard to personalise ceremonies and get to know couples. And I think some couples will want to have that more sort of traditional feel to their Mm. wedding ceremony, even if they're not doing the legal part on the day at the Blank Canvas venue. They'll want it to feel very much like a more kind of traditional wedding ceremony. Others will want it to be completely different, more alternative, um, less conventional, more relaxed, perhaps. So, again, it's something that you can really adapt to suit you, isn't it? Absolutely. And the funny thing is the number of weddings that we've held where guests didn't even realize that actually the celebrant led service wasn't the actual official wedding part. Yeah. No idea. Which I think is just, you know, it's lovely and it doesn't actually, no one notices, doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference. No, because really the legal part is the signing on the dotted line and um, saying those, I think there's, there's contractual and I think they're called contractual and declaratory words um, you have to say for the legal part. And then obviously you have to sign the document. Um, But yeah, if you have a celebrant led wedding or a, a wedding that's led by a friend or family member, then you can still have everything that you would expect um from a wedding ceremony so you can make really personalized lovely vows you can exchange your rings everything else readings music walking down the aisle um and lots of other kind of alternative things that people are incorporating now into ceremonies oh yes there's all kinds of things there's music there's obviously readings things like that we've actually got a couple who are having a very festival style wedding um and they are i think having their dog carrying the uh, carrying the rings yeah. So. <laughs> yeah that's lovely yeah that's very popular now isn't it yeah oh dogs that's another thing we should touch on in a future in a future episode I think yes lots of people want to have their dogs or their pets at their weddings these days absolutely which is definitely an option isn't it for most blank canvas venues yes again you just need well another question to ask actually very good point is um especially if you've, you're on a farm where there's if it's a working farm animals around a lot of venues are pretty amenable but it's just how you put the safety controls in yes. around wild you know wild stock and dogs yeah of course <laughs> yeah okay that's another top question then to exactly. add to this if you want to take your dog to your wedding <laughs> Fantastic. So I hope that's helped. Um, If you're in the early stages of planning a blank canvas wedding, I hope that's helped you to um, compile a nice list of questions for your venue hunting. Um, And in the next episode, we're going to delve a little deeper and look at the part of wedding planning that no one really wants to think about, and that's budgeting. So thank you so much, Carrie-Anne, and see you next time. Absolute pleasure. Lovely to see you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. 
If you like what you hear, please do subscribe to the OC podcast and stay tuned for lots more outdoor ceremony advice and inspiration.